Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. ...tributors to what God is doing uh, this whole weekend, because there's Easter Sunday morning coming, of course, as well. But it's about it is finished because He lives. You've heard some of the stories from Anna and from Iris. And I don't know about, I was actually there when Iris was interviewed. And I've always known Iris, that was the second lady there, as this most sweetest, most gentlest, nicest person you ever met. And she starts telling some of that story and I'm going, really? Like, I couldn't imagine an insolent Iris, but apparently that was her former life. And uh, the whole thing started me thinking about famous last words because often a person's last words reveal a lot more about their life and about what was important to them. Some of people's last words are actually quite tragic. For instance, Frank Sinatra's last words were, I'm losing it. Some of them are a bit more lighthearted or funny. There was a, a drummer called Buddy Rich who was about to go into the surgery from which he didn't recover. And the nurse that was prepping him, as if you've ever had an operation, you know, they checked several times and they came to Buddy and the nurse said to him, is there anything you can't take? I guess meaning any medicines. Buddy looked at her And he said, yes, country music. (laughs) Nostradamus, the famous prognosticator, his last words apparently were, tomorrow at sunrise, I shall no longer be here. For once he was exactly right, he wasn't. Listen to these from Leonardo da Vinci. And, you know, when I read this, I'm going, really? Leonardo da Vinci, an amazing artist, scientist, inventor, philosopher, said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. See, often your last words reveal how you've lived. Listen to the last words of Jesus recorded as he hung on the cross This is John's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. His last words were, it is finished. Not I am finished. Not I well. But his words indicate that in his heart and mind, he lived like there was a plan, that there was a great grand design, that there was something that had been in the background, if you like. We often think of religion or I I guess maybe it's the way we're raised nowadays, to think of religion as being man-made and yet Jesus' last words were not anything about, look how many followers I've got, look how many miracles I've done, Look how many people are remembering my words. Jesus 
referred to something that was beyond anything mankind had ever seen before. He said, it is finished. I've done what I set out to do. It was an eternity in the making. But in that one instant, everything changed. In that moment on the cross, God's great plan of salvation came into force. Many of us here in this place like Anna, raised in a small town in the back blocks of, Al of Albania, growing up in a family where Jesus was maybe a word that you heard at school in a history book, but there was no faith in Christ. There was no awareness of anything that Jesus had done. And yet the gospel reached to a young woman in the back blocks of Albania and transformed her life. See, when Jesus said it's finished, he wasn't talking about just what was happening there and the crucifixion, that his death was now about to take place and that was the end. He was referring to something that God had planned for the entire world. There is no nation on earth outside of the love of God. There is no culture nor people that Jesus was not thinking of when he declared it's finished. The Bible says that every nation on earth, every language group, every culture, every background will hear the good news of Christ before Jesus comes back again for his people. So I know that the it is finished in that moment on the cross, salvation came into force on the earth. This, I don't know how many years now I've been a pastor, but it's a bunch. But I do know this much, that I've never tired of hearing the stories of people that encounter Christ and are radically transformed. Honestly, there is no classes that uh, enculturate them into it. There is none, for many people, no upbringing. We have people almost every week, I would imagine, somebody will come into one of these services, either in the building or online, and without any upbringing of God, will encounter Jesus in such a way that their life is transformed. Don't think of Christianity as a culture because it's far more than that. It's the plan of God for all of humanity. Anyone can come no matter who you are. You can find forgiveness and you can find wholeness because every one of us all around the world are looking for the reality of God. And on that moment on the cross where he said it's finished, he never said, I've started something. He never said, well, this is the beginning. He said, I've completed everything that you will ever need for a great and for a godly life. It all became available to us. Well, you know, it looked like his last words, but every Christian knows they weren't his last words. We'll celebrate on Sunday morning the resurrection of Jesus because he never stayed dead. So he rises from the grave. He rises from death. And then he's got some more to say. So I perhaps more accurately should have said they were his last words, but now his last, last words to his disciples are in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. He says to his people, go into all the world, make disciples of all the nations. There it is again, every culture, every background. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And here's his last word for you. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. No matter what comes, whether it's COVID or not, I'm with you to the end. He's still here and still with us. Well, Jesus after that ascends into heaven. And I guess if I was going to be 100% accurate, I would have said there was his last words, then his last, last words, and then there's next his last, last, last words. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, his last, last, last words, he said, and the spirit and the bride, that's the spirit of Jesus. The bride is his church, his followers. And the spirit and the bride say what? They say, come, no matter who you are, come, I love this about God. I did not come to Jesus saying, God, guess what you're getting? Woo, you should be excited. You have no idea what a great gift. I turned up to God with all my brokenness, like we all do, with all of my mistakes, and there were many, with all of my failures, and there were lots. That doesn't mean my life was, you know, was wrecked, because it wasn't. There was so much about it that I guess could have been celebrated. But internally, on the inside, I needed to know that there was a Saviour who was saying, you can come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Let him or her who hears say, come. And that whoever thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let them take the water of life. His last words were, it is finished. His last, last words would go and tell people about me. His last, last, last words were so different from all the other ones that I read earlier. His last, last, last words were, you can come. I was on a plane a bunch of years ago. I haven't been on too many lately. But I was on one a couple of years ago. I've never forgotten this man. If I was an artist, I could draw you his face. He was an incredibly successful man in his business endeavours. But he'd grown up in a family that had endured such horrors during wartime that faith was a taboo subject in the home. He asked me a little bit about what I did and a little bit about church and about Christ and about faith. And then he made this statement I've never forgotten. He looked at me and he said, I envy people of faith. And you know, at the time, I've got to be honest, I, I didn't perhaps give him the answer I should have given him. I was so taken aback by this man's confession that despite everything he had, he envied people that believed. And as I thought later on, I, I wished I'd said to him that faith wasn't something that you're born with. Faith is something that comes when you say yes to Jesus. I know that sounds so simple. But you know, in the middle of the conversation and all the stuff going on in the plane, I just never said it quite as clear as I wish I had. Because the reality is that God is not saying, well, if you got born into a Christian home, Anna didn't, Iris didn't. You know, if you're a good person, well, maybe Anna was, but Iris says she wasn't. Jesus just says, if you'll say yes to him, he'll come into your life. 
That still amazes me. No matter what your life looks like, he's got one more word for you to hear, and that's the word, yes. If you want to say yes to Jesus, and people do this all the time in this church every single week, online or in the building, if you're in Australia, just text YES to 0488826392. That's our number or one of our numbers. And, and it comes to us at Metro. It doesn't go to anyone else. Nobody else is going to get your information. We don't even ask you for your name, though you're welcome to give it. If you want to engage us in conversation via text, we'd be happy to do that or via email. But what we do want to do is we want to help you get started walking with God. We want to be able to send you a Bible verse every day for 30 days and a prayer, a different one, every day for 30 days. It'll help you get started. If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get that help via email, then you just go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au and we'll send that to you. No charge, no cost. It's our joy to be a part of your new life with God, just like happened for Anna just like happened for Iris. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, thank you for this weekend. It's so special to so many of us that can look back to a night like this or a day where we said yes to you. We didn't understand everything that was going on. We didn't know all the Bible. Many of us, Lord, didn't know hardly any of it. We just knew that you were there now you were reaching to us and we gave you our yes. And life changed right at that moment. So thank you, Lord. I pray for men and women, young people, old people, whatever kind of people. People that have grown up in a Christian home, people that have never known anything about you. Wherever they are and whatever part of the world they are, I thank you for them right now as they say yes to you on that number or on that email. I know, Lord, many people right now are reaching for their phone. They're reaching for their device, saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start that. I'm going to walk with God. God, I'm ready for you. I want you in my life. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for each one of them. Lord, we pray for them. We'll keep praying for them, that they'll walk with you like Iris has done for so many years and still say at the end of it, it was the best thing I ever did. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I hope this doesn't sound too uh, relaxed, but we like to applaud the people who say yes in this church, either in the building or online. Can we just give them a big hand? Because there'll be lots of people like that, I know. And we really do appreciate Jesus said, I've done it all for you. We want to share communion together in this service. So our host team are going to come right now and begin to serve every one of you that would like to be a part of it. Now, you may not be from this church. That's fine. This is not owned by any church or any denomination. They'll come and they'll pass the tray along. And we invite every one of you to take a little piece of the bread and then take one of the cups and then just hold it. In a minute, Pastor Michael Battersby here. He's a wonderful man. And Michael's going to sing a beautiful song for us while we're being served. And then we will all stand and 
eat and drink together as the family of God that we are. Thanks, Mark. Thank you so much, Michael. 
It's okay, yeah. I realise most of you can't applaud. You're holding the cup. Can we stand together, please? Lord, the things we hold in our hands are so basic. Small piece of unleavened bread, a cup. They don't look much, Lord, any more than on that day where you hung between two thieves. As the world looked on, nobody thought much about that day either. But Lord, we are so grateful for that day. You said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. You said, this cup is the new covenant, the new agreement in my blood. Drink ye all of it. And so Lord, as we eat and drink today, we affirm again your great love, like Anna said. 